need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to number 34 of the China Business Cast. We have Shlomo, and today we're talking ed tech. So what are you, what are you doing, uh, Shlomo? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. As always, happy to co-host. I came today for broadcasting from WeWork space in Tel Aviv. This is not where I usually record. Actually, you usually record at home. But I had a meeting here. The funny thing is that I wanted also to periscope for the followers from the China Business Cast and other followers I have on my periscope. Uh, and I was, I guess, generously asking them if I can do that, assuming they would say, yeah, why not? And like, you know, it's an open space. It's like, well, you need to fill in these forms and then we need to ask for a permission and just take this card. Like, guys, come on. It, this is too much for just a scope. So tomorrow I'm going to scope from somewhere else because I have another meeting. But um, sorry, guys, can do we work today? Oh, man, that's that's a bummer. You know, it's like free promotion for them. Right. They just want to show around, you know, just what's going on. Anyway, what what's with you? Yeah, it's my first time recording in a new room. I uh, moved my apartment, which was a little bit exhausting because of uh, with two young kids. But uh, it's a nicer place yeah. anyway, so I'm, I'm happy and uh, a little bit overwhelmed. Internet is good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's always a fresh start, you know. And uh, as we talked about before, I'm working hard on my first annual event for the cross-border summit down here in uh, Shenzhen, South China City. So it's April 16th on Saturday, and it's coming up really quick. So pretty pretty over overloaded, and it's in a good it way. It is around the corner. Yeah, time goes so fast. I remember it was 2015 writing this out and everything, but uh, it's coming quick. How long have you been planning this? Uh, probably around October time frame, maybe earlier. It's oh, like, uh, yeah, my it's a joint venture with my wife, so she's uh <laughs> getting me uh get me motivated to take some of the online stuff we have and put an offline event going. So okay, go summit. Yeah, thank you, Shlomo. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about this this week's episode. We have it's our first time to do well. We're co-hosts, but first time to have two guests on. We have Kelly Young and Meredith Karazin, and she is the co-founders of the Learn Lab, an education tech accelerator and seed fund in Beijing, China, and they're merging the best in education with business to help entrepreneurs transform the educational space. Right, that was really interesting interviewing them and kind of learn what's going in the ed space, ed tech space there in Beijing. And yes, we had some challenges of, of interviewing two people instead of one, but I guess we managed it. it yeah. Was okay. Yeah, I'm sure listeners will enjoy. So let's listen in. Yeah, tune in. So hello, everybody, and welcome to another China Business Cast. And today we have Meredith Karzin and Kelly Yang from Learn Labs in Beijing. They are an ed tech accelerator doing really cool and exciting stuff. I'm going to hear more about it just now. Meredith, so hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, we're very casual here. So Meredith, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about Learn Labs and what you guys do so we get the gist of it for the listeners? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so thank you for having us on the show. Really excited to share with your listeners a little bit about what we're doing. So basically, Learn Lab is an early stage education tech 
uh, entrepreneur community and accelerator. We uh, basically, in short, we support early stage education entrepreneurs to be more successful. And in doing that, we have a broader mission to have an impact, a positive impact on the education in China. So there's sort of two ways right now that we're working with entrepreneurs. One is through our community. Um, so we have a pretty active community of early stage education entrepreneurs in China. So we're based in Beijing. We do about three to four uh, offline events with our entrepreneurs a month in Beijing. We are also now starting to do some programming in other cities. We just uh, came back from a to Shanghai last week where we met with uh, the education tech entrepreneur community for the first time there and also are starting to or going to other places like uh, Hangzhou and other places where there's a lot of entrepreneurship in China. You're China-focused, right? Yeah, we are China-focused, but I think something that's a little bit different about us is, although I would say that the majority of the entrepreneurs in our community are domestic uh, Chinese entrepreneurs, we also uh, do work with and bring in a lot of resources from outside of China. So we do also work with international entrepreneurs that are looking to expand to the, to the China market. And as a part of our community, we also have uh, mentors and investors and other individuals that are from outside outside of China, uh, most notably the U.S. and Australia, as well as outside of mainland China, like Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, so, yeah. So in addition to our, our offline community, we also have an online community, principally through WeChat. We have a WeChat channel where we publish unique content on uh, education, education technology, entrepreneurship. And we have some WeChat groups where we bring together entrepreneurs in order to um, help them and have them support one another on entrepreneurship. So that's basically our community. And then the second thing we are doing is building for our first cohort for our accelerator program. So our accelerator program is approximately a four-month program aimed at early-stage entrepreneurs. Um, I can tell you a little bit more about the type of entrepreneurs that we're looking for. But basically, we're offering talent services to them, mentorship, connections to the education tech space, investment, and other support like a co-working space. Awesome. I understand. So... So that sounds really interesting. So would you consider it more like an accelerator? Uh, and then what, what kind of companies do you normally accept at, you know, like in a certain stage are they, and what kind of criteria do you look at? Yeah. So, I mean, first, maybe I'll say a little bit about the education tech space. We're taking a pretty broad view to education tech right now. So anything that's in the learning space from early childhood education up through, you know, education and, and learning uh, products for adult learners. But we do uh, are primarily focused on things that have a tech component. And I think that's important to us in terms of scalability of these startups. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of kind of the stage that we're looking at, I think we're looking at the, the sweet spot that a lot of accelerators are looking at, which is early stage, but also has a commitment from a founding team, has you know an early stage product, has done some product testing and can demonstrate in some sort of way that users really like their product. So I think for us, like a lot of early stage investors, I think most important to us is really the team. So looking at who are the founders behind this startup, what kind of experience are they bringing to the table and what kind of gives them a competitive advantage just in terms of you know their past experience and skills. Second, I think we're looking at, you know, what are they really, what is their vision? What are they doing in the education space and what is kind of the the market for their product? Third, we're looking at, you know, what is their product traction or proof of market need to date? 
And I think lastly, we're looking for people who have a good fit with us. I think fit, you know, what we're building is is something that is, you know, obviously an accelerator program, but is really a, a greater community that allows entrepreneurs and other people in this space to support one another and learn together. And so we're looking mm-hmm. for individuals that are that are open-minded and want to contribute to this community. Got it. Before we go to any of the more specific questions about EdTech, uh, Kelly, I want to ask you something about the broader uh, education field in, in China, not necessarily for EdTech. And this is because, as I perceive it and many other people perceive it while, while living in China, is that education in China is based on repetition and memorization and not so much on analysis and understanding. And I know that there is some change, but I wonder what what you're thinking about this, if there is a change in this approach. And also because you are uh, um, an accelerator and, and bumping into new startups, how do you bring these solutions to the schools? Because, you know, it's a different system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's very common, like in China, people talk about education. I think in other countries too, but uh, I, uh, when I say talk about mainly People are complaining about education. They've, they're seeing a lot of problems uh, about the current education system. Um, but I just want to point out, before I answer your question, I just want to point out to like two entrepreneurs and also to investors and uh, accelerator programs like uh, like us. I think that's exactly you know the uh, attract like attractive point of uh, of all the entrepreneurs and money like that are uh, trying to like uh, go go to education field because because there are so many problems to to solve and that is mm-hmm. just uh, right, right there is just the uh, perfect opportunity for entrepreneurs to you know come up with solutions to solve all these problems so uh, education uh, field in general I think the more problems we can see or we can find from current Chinese education system the the, the more promising uh, this uh, industry is for entrepreneurs and investors. So that's my viewpoint for this. And also you mentioned the Chinese education system. I was born and raised in China and never studied in other countries. So uh, I know the problems of education, uh, Chinese education system very well. Um, mm-hmm. you, are, you are right uh, that Chinese schools, which we also say like the main education, mainstream education uh, is kind of close and also more focused on uh, repetition and uh, memorization. But uh, uh, other than that, and in addition to that, there's also a big market for after school time, like extracurricular education, you know, students mm-hmm. uh, tutoring and, uh, you know, after outside classrooms, you know, public school classrooms, how do you educate students uh, during them? And also more and more, uh, like uh, another area that's growing bigger and bigger is the international education. Like uh, Chinese students study abroad and also uh, after school activities that prepare students to gain more like language or uh, create and critical thinking ability that helps them to study in another country, in another uh, education system. So I think these are different areas of uh, education that we are looking at. Uh, definitely for the public school part, it's more close and it's more like focus on uh, repetition, uh, repetition and uh, uh, memorization. Mm-hmm. But uh, even for that area, we are seeing a lot of uh, changes, um, like a lot of more tech, tech tools going into public schools. 
uh, and you know, government is releasing new policies to support and to open the schools up. So we are confident that in the future, in the near future, the mm-hmm. the public, the traditional schools will adopt more, you know, advanced um, method uh, for teaching and more like uh, tools to help uh, facilitate teachers for uh, to teach their students. For the after school time, uh, I think it's been hot for for a while. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, you you must have seen some companies that's doing uh, language teaching or um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially <Endless> English <laughs> <laughs> and you know tutors uh, like there are uh, companies that does uh, tutor matching like for students and uh, tutors for different subjects and also like just more and more extra cur- uh, curriculum activities. And that's been um, that's been growing very, very, uh, very fast in the past few years. And also the international part. And we're, uh, when we looked, look at deals, we, we saw a lot of uh, companies that's, um, that's fit in this uh, three main areas. I see. I see. Uh, Meredith, I really wonder about these and the broader aspect, because I was uh, advising an ad tech company in China. They had major problem going with the adoption of technology in schools. So it seems like things are very, very slow and it's hard to cope with. So maybe you have the magic formula for that, um, or maybe things are changed in in some schools, but I wonder how you guys cope with it. Yeah, great. I mean, I think that I would say, I mean, Kelly's talking about a lot of the changes that's happening in the education market in China. So I think Mm -hmm. it is still, I mean, the facts of it is that it's still quite hard to break into the school market. This is starting to open up, but it's not completely open like it might be in other countries. But the first thing I would just draw attention to is that's not the, the in-school market is not the whole, whole, is not the whole market. Actually, I think most of education technology is happening outside of the school market right now in, you know, early childhood education or after school tutoring or vocational training for adults or whatever. Um, But in terms of the school market, as Kelly said, we are seeing a lot of changes. I think that the government has released more policies in terms of being able to purchase services from private providers. And there are more companies. I think one of the most famous companies is Ichizo Yeah, Homework Together, which is working in the school system and has now has like over 15 million students on its platform. Um, and this is a company that started in uh, 2011. So it's had incredible growth and is really um, somebody that it's a company that a lot of people are watching in terms of how to get into the school market, and, um, you know, how to grow quickly within the school market. I do think that Learn Lab can be helpful in terms of entrepreneurs uh, who want to go into the school system. Um, and I think one of the reasons we can be helpful is because of where Learn Lab was developed from. So Learn Lab was originally developed out of Teach for China, which is a nonprofit here, which uh, recruits uh, top college graduates to be teachers in under-resourced schools. Um, and to date, Teach for China has uh, recruited, uh, trained, placed over 750 of these top college graduates, and that's just growing. And so we have a partnership with Teach for China wherein we're working very closely with these individuals that have taught for two years. So I think, you know, for any company that wants to go into the school system, I think one thing that's just really important is to understand the school system, to have individuals on your team or to have a a test market that you can go to to understand, you know, what do teachers really want? 
and what are school administrators willing to pay for. And so I think that having access to this talent network is something that we feel like is very special about, about Learn Lab. And Teach for China is also in over 150 schools in China. So having access to a wider school network is something that we also feel is important. I would say the second thing that's important in terms of being able to break into the school market and something that we can provide is just being able to learn from individuals that have done this before. So the company I mentioned, Ichi uh, Zoya, Homework Together, the founder, Xiao uh, Dun, uh, is one of our mentors at Learn Lab. And so, you know, there's no better person about how to go into the school market than the person who has a product that's being used by 15 million students in the school market. Um, so I think that's another thing we believe is really important. Um, the third I would say is probably, uh, you know, just government relations or, you know, access to the different education bureaus. And this is not something that I can point to that we have a specific partnership right now, but it is something that will be growing over time. And from what I've heard of talking to different entrepreneurs, they're, is there are ways to get into the school market through, you know, working closely with the government around kind of more sort of research that you're that you're doing um, and helping improve education is a way to, um, you know, be able to get more of those connections in the school market and uh, be able to to work directly with schools. Yes, I feel these are the most difficult ones. Got it. Cool. So. I think it's also just some case studies or examples of maybe some of your current portfolio or previous investments that you've you've made so we can get some ideas. Mm-hmm. I can introduce a few, but uh, we, we haven't actually invested in any companies before yet. Uh, we're still preparing for our first cohort. But uh, we've seen, I think, almost 100 deals and companies. So uh, I can give you a few examples of uh, among the ones we've already seen and or we've been talking to. I think uh, one uh, one type of the companies that we, I think, I personally think is very interesting is the companies that are providing a better content in education field than than um, the content we used before. For example, uh, uh, one company we're, we're talking to is called Tiko and they're uh, providing applied technology education um, for students by applied t- Technology, I mean, like uh, 3D printing, like um, children uh, coding for children, and also uh, robotic education content. These kind of things are not taught in traditional uh, public schools. So their approach is to start their own after-school training center and have student uh, parents um, bring their students there. And then uh, using either a franchise model or other opening more training centers to uh, allow more our students to uh, to uh, have the opportunity to get this kind of education. Uh, another company I, I just uh, I was reading their uh, business plan. It was called uh, Clasting. I think it was a company originally started uh, in South Korea, but in China they also have uh, they are launching their product in China. They are basically an online classroom for um, K twelve uh, students. Their tool enables the the teachers in the schools to better understand each of their students and interact with them in a very personal and individual way. Because I, I don't know if you guys know, in China, in each class, we have over 45, between 45 to 60 students. It's very hard for, uh, for, te- for a teacher to really get to know each student. 
and then evaluate how, you know, what's the best way to, to teach the students. Uh, but with this online tool, you know, the teacher can track all the activities the students do, what kind of articles they read, you know, what kind of what new vocabulary they, uh, they learn, you know, uh, how, how long does it take for the students to remember those, uh, to learn those vocabulary, you know, which subject mm-hmm. uh, the students do better than other subjects. So uh, with these kind of data, this, the teachers will, will have a better sense of how to teach uh, specific students on their week, uh, week, uh, week area. So that's a very good example, too. I think with the technology part, that's also uh, a very, a very scal- scalable model. I think uh, it has the potential of uh, ro- uh, rolling out to more uh, schools and teachers and students. When are you planning to do your next investments then? Yeah, so we'll be launching our uh, first cohort of the accelerator in late spring or early summer of this year. Um, so right now we are basically accepting business plans and meeting entrepreneurs on a rolling basis. As Kelly said, we've mm-hmm. we've talked in depth to about 100 different uh, startup teams in this area, um, and we have even more entrepreneurs in our community. And so I think if, if people are interested in, uh, in the program, the best thing to do is to follow us on WeChat, get in touch with us on WeChat, or they can send us over their business plan via email at apply at learnlabchina.com. Okay, we'll get to all the contact details at the end, and you can say them all, and we'll put this also on the show notes so we have it all there, and people can get in touch with you. Great. Sure. Just hopefully I don't go off on a too much of a tangent, but you mentioned government support earlier. I, of course, I know they're investing heavily in education. Is there any conflicts or, or sensitive topics that, that you have to watch out for? Or I wouldn't say, I mean, I think in general, I wouldn't say there's conflicts or sensitive topics. I mean, I think in general, the government uh, in China really wants to improve the education system. And in fact, I think there's a lot of policies right now towards uh, improving and expanding educational opportunity in China. I mean, one such policy would just be the expansion of internet to all Chinese classrooms, um, which was a policy that was, um, you know, completed in last year, and now they're expanding more high-speed internet to, to classrooms in China. And I also, we had mentioned earlier a little bit about, you know, being more open to uh, purchasing third-party third party solutions for schools. So I think in general, there's not something that I would say is a big conflict. I think what's more important for entrepreneurs to keep in mind would be, you know, first, if you want to do anything, you know, aimed at the school system or even outside of school, I think it's really just important to be cognizant of what is the Chinese education system and what is the curriculum, particularly for anything that's academic in nature, which I think has been, you know, was kind of the first market and is the easiest market to get parents to pay for. You would really want to make sure that whatever your product is, is really aligned to what students are going to be tested on. I mean, essentially, that's the those are the type of products that parents are most likely to pay for for their for their kids because they're looking for real results in terms of academics. So I would say that's like the first thing to just be really aware of. The second thing is just, I think, you know, as we mentioned, to go into the school system or anything like that, then you would have to be able to navigate that system fairly well. It's much, much easier for Chinese local companies to be able to navigate that system. And I think that, you know, so I think partnering with a Chinese local local company or, you know, working it within a Chinese local company or being a Chinese domestic entrepreneur 
the best way to have access to the school system. Uh, but outside of the school system, I would say it's, it's much more open and there's a lot of different education companies. I still think domestic companies are more successful than international companies in China. I think that's probably just due to you know proximity to the market, really understanding the market, rather than because they're domestic versus international. Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard for Chinese schools to work with uh, a foreign company or JV. So I think uh, it's better if the company itself is registered as a local company. Got it. Well, that's really interesting. It means that foreign entrepreneurs have very difficult time. Well, at least at the, I'm saying at least at the school system, because the extra curriculum is, is easier, obviously, as, as you've mentioned. But going into the schools themselves, you're saying that that's definitely the advantage there is for a local company and also yeah, by schools or uh, government offices. It's an unwritten policy, but you know. Oh, it's an unwritten policy. <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the inside info. <laughs> but I would say, like, I mean, there might be there might be areas that international uh, entrepreneurs might have some competitive advantage in as well. I mean, I think that in terms of what are kind of the the new trends in education, I think that a lot of the this generation of parents for their younger kids are definitely looking for a more open international education that builds more soft skills, not just academic skills. And we've certainly seen a couple of teams that are trying to bring more international resources to parents or to young kids. There was one that uh, just came out of China Accelerator called You Parenting. That's a a parent network that's really trying to bring in a lot of international um, resources for parents. And there's a pretty prominent education tech company called VIP Kid, which connects uh, young Chinese uh, students with American and Canadian teachers, principally on English language learning, but I'm sure they'll expand over time to other subjects as well. So I think that that is something that probably international entrepreneurs have have some specialized resources in and knowledge of. Um, and then also, I think Kelly mentioned earlier that the study abroad market is a, is a big market. And in terms of you know, preparation for uh, studying abroad or, um, you know, access to studying abroad or, you know, companies that are working with both students and um, universities and and schools abroad, much like uh, Kelly's previous company. Um, This is something where also, if you have an international background, it's something that you could have a competitive advantage in. Mm -hmm. It definitely depends on which industry or which area you want to to, um, to, um, do. Go with the vertical, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I see. So from from your bios, and I, I've looked at your LinkedIn profiles over and over, uh, you, Kelly, with Verican, and uh, you, Meredith, with the Teach for China, you live and breathe the education field. So obviously, you know a lot about it, and you have a lot of experience with this. But I'm, I want to go to more of the younger generation of young startups going to this field. Do you really think that China is the place for that, or maybe there are other markets that people should look into uh, in terms of education. I mean, it's all around the world, but maybe there are ones that are more prominent right now. So feel free to point people to other places as well, although I know you're, you're, you're biased in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I think as I mentioned at the very beginning, you know, Chinese people love talking about education. And they can find yeah. millions of problems of the current education system. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good thing because the more people realize that uh, you know, the current system is not 
good enough, the more opportunities uh, entrepreneurs have to make it better. So I think I would encourage people, people who wants to, who are thinking about doing their own startup or who are, who are right now doing uh, their own startups in education field, just to to be more to be more open to to. You know, even the people around you, you know, who who are complaining about education problems, you know, each of their problem can be a potential business idea. So just be open, you know, open your ears, open your eyes to to see them and to to feel it. See your problem. Do you have a solution? If you have a if you happen to have a solution, can you make it into a business opportunity? Then you have a if you have all these, you you have a company. So that's my um, suggestion. And another one is just to to really, I think it doesn't uh, is uh, it works not only for education startups. I think for all other startups, just to really understand your customer, because sometimes they feel they think that they have this problem and they think they need one thing. It doesn't really mean that they they really need that thing. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of parents they come to. Uh, to companies and ask, okay, all I want is to have my kid uh, get a higher score in math test. But what's the what's the ultimate goal of that? You know, their goal is probably not just getting a higher score, maybe eventually getting a, a better university in the U.S. But, you know, is there any other things that you, uh, you, they can do to reach their goal? So I think uh, understand your customers is, uh, is a very uh, critical thing for entrepreneurs to do. Yeah. I Yeah, I think the advice that Kelly gave was just great. I mean, first, I'll just say, I'll just even talk about the numbers. So I think that China is probably the second most prominent uh, education tech market in the world right now. And it's the fastest growing one. So about three Mm -hmm. billion U.S. dollars was invested in education technology last year and a billion of that was in China. And in terms of growth, this is really phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you look at like in 2012, only 35 million U.S. dollars was invested in education technology in China. So just a few years ago, only 35 million was invested, and now it's over a billion. So wow, that's more, in four, four years. Crazy. Yeah, so the market is growing very, very fast. And to, also just to put that into more perspective, last year it was 330 million. So the market tripled uh, just from last year to this year. So it's a very, very fast-growing market, and I expect it only to grow more quickly because a lot of what had been traditionally offered in education in China was offline education, a lot of brick-and-mortar tutoring centers. The Oriental is probably one of the most famous ones of these, and a lot of that is moving to online education, but I think that a lot of these you know, big companies like New Oriental or some of the traditional companies, like even international companies like Pearson, they're having trouble figuring out how to turn their offline resources into online into online education offerings. And I think startups can be starting just with the technology now and online education now, they can be uh, more nimble and more quick to get into that market. So I do think if you're interested in education technology, and if you're also interested in the range of education technology, I think China has it all. I mean, China has Mm -hmm. tier one cities where, you know, you're talking about um, individuals that are as wealthy or probably wealthier than in a lot of other countries that are willing to put down a lot of money for their, their kids' education. And 
But you also have, you know, more remote and rural locations in China where the technology infrastructure maybe is not so good or it's more focused on, you know, mobile technology. And you have to think about how to to reach those populations as well. So I think there's, you know, a lot of complexity in a lot of different markets here. So I do think it's a very exciting market to be in. Of course, with any exciting market, it's competitive. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I think the the commentary that Kelly had or the advice that she had is really spot on because I think that, you know, there's something that's interesting about education and that everybody has gone through, has been educated, has gone through some sort of education system. And so I do think that because of people's personal experiences, they might have, they might feel like they have a unique insight or they might feel like they can solve a problem. Uh, what is interesting about education entrepreneurs is that I think um, education is one of the few experiences that everybody has has gone through in life. Everybody has gone to school or received some sort of education. And so I think that that means that a lot of individuals, entrepreneurs, they think that they can, um, you know, take their personal experience or something that they saw and expand that to, to become you know, a startup that will solve this problem for a lot of individuals. But I think that, you know, frequently what I see is a lot of people get caught up in some sort of lofty idea. Um, They really have a passion for it. They think it would be so great. Like, wouldn't it be so great if there was, I mean, we hear a lot of like Uber for education, be able to connect, you know, really amazing teachers from all over the world with uh, students in, you know, remote locations that couldn't have access to these teachers. And I think that, you know, what's most important for entrepreneurs in education is to really ground themselves in the reality of what customers want and the reality of how to make that happen. Because I think that education is also one of those things that is difficult because not everybody believes they should have to pay for it. There's a lot that people believe certain parts of education should be free. And also a lot of times the person you're serving or your client and the payee is different. So you might be uh, working directly with kids and you want to make sure you're, you're the children on your platform are happy, but the people who are ultimately paying for that is our parents. Um, so you have a lot of different aspects of that that means that I think just really understanding the real situation and really being as close to that real situation as possible is very important in the early stages of a startup. Thank you so much, Meredith. We can feel your passion. This is, I think you guys definitely are in a good product market fit for for what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time today and and sharing. Uh, You mentioned a little bit during the interview, but we always want to make sure people can find you guys online and reach out to you. So website, social media, preferred ways to get contacted uh, is now is a great time to share. So if anybody is interested in learning more, uh, you can visit us at our website at learnlabchina.com. You can also send us an email, specifically sending us your business plan or some information about yourself to apply at learnlabchina.com. And then if you have WeChat, the best way to get in touch with us is to follow our public account, which is uh, GHKJ2015, 2015. And on that account, we publish uh, a lot of unique content. um, And you can also message that account to, to find out more about us. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay, Kelly and Meredith, thank you so much for your time. That was very, very insightful. So thank you for this. And um, we'll talk soon. Cheers. Okay. Okay. See you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. 
But don't worry, China Businesscast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.